Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview with Demon Media, with Demon FM. It's me, your friendly neighbourhood, Reese Bailey, and joining me is someone who we've met before and interviewed before, Vincent Tietzov, and his brother, Jan. Hello, both. Hello. How are you both doing? Doing, doing really well. Yes, despite everything yeah. that's going on still in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Holidays are coming and snow is falling here in Canada, so we're oh, all good. Tis the season indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we've interviewed Vincent previously. If you haven't already listened to it, go check out the previous interview on Demon Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Vincent and his artistry and his craft and sort of what inspires him to create music and some insights into his previous album, Roar in the Garbage Can. But today we are joined by Vincent and Jan for a brand new project that we touched upon in uh, the last interview as well. It's a brand new album, Place to Call Home. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk a bit about that today. So this is a collaborative project between you two. I mean, I think you said last time of the previous album, Vincent, that Jan helped you out in the production side of things. And you're both, you know, very musically oriented and inclined. So, yes, tell us all a bit about sort of the production process and how that was for you. So, I mean, Jan can go ahead. Yeah, he's the producer and uh, that kind of mind behind the project. Yeah. Well, the album was definitely conceptually already finished on Vincent's end. I'd say that the songs were already there. He had sent me documents with the lyrics. There was already an arrangement for most of them. So my job was trying to enhance an emotional content to tell the story that he was telling with the lyrics. And so for me, it was sort of taking what he had and finding moments to enhance what he had already recorded. And sometimes make it a little weirder than what it was because you know when you're doing sorry vincent but like sometimes you <laughs> to sort of bring it away from what it might traditionally have been if vincent had just recorded it himself mm. and so that my my hat was not as somebody who was trying to change the direction that the song was going so much as enhance elements of what vincent was doing to make it come across as clearly in his vision as possible I see like my songs is when I start out kind of like uh, the skeleton of a body. And then whenever I work with other people, uh, depending on what their musical or production abilities are, kind of adds like, you know, muscles and skin and hair and so on. It, it makes yes. a, a real life person for creation. So yeah, Jan definitely added uh, the, the emotional weight to it. What's funny, though, is I almost feel as though I, I sculpted things down from what it was, because there were a lot of elements that were sort of on at all times, mm -hmm. and it was finding the right way to cut things out to bring focus to some other element that you had going mm -hmm. and sort of organizing the pieces that were there and bringing them in at key points was yeah. my approach to it, because there was already so much there. I added things here and there, but I really, it was about targeting what what does this sound like when you're singing about what you're singing about at that moment? Mm. Yeah. And, and recording wise, like I, I tend to uh, do it. Uh, I guess you could say it's like Motown style where you mm -hmm. have just, you know, one microphone picking up a lot of different elements, say it's the drums and I just like to record it all the way through and one clean take. And so working with Jan kind of encourages me to like 
do this kind of uh, micro surgery, if you will, of scalpel of the almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's something to because I. What's funny is that you know Vincent's my younger brother. I've got five years over <laughs> him, and I had the same ethos of it's cheating if you don't do it all in one take. You know, mm-hmm. you're it's not the right performance, but then you listen through your song and you kind of like, you wince at that one part that you always don't quite nail. And so the the benefits to comping and doing multiple takes so that you find the, the perfect performance of what you need and putting it together was also really important. And making sure that you line up your performances in the correct way was another thing that um, became a lecture on my part. But I think the benefit to us being brothers is that I uh, I don't have to walk on eggshells in the same way that I would with somebody else, especially through – I don't think I would do a, a long-distance record like this with somebody who I hadn't known on the level that I know Vincent because I just don't think I would have been able to say the things that needed to be said in order to make the song Very the true. way it should be. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should kind of sort of think about possibly doing this. Is not... <laughs> well, first of all, the fact that you're doing it, sort of these things for each of us, obviously there's a familiar familial level of love and devotion there, and you're not going to try and steer each other wrong or screw each other over in, no. in that sense. So no, yeah, absolutely no. not walking on eggshells. There's no, there's no room for that, not if you want to make it the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You definitely fast track to the uh, optimum relationship that a, a band would have of, of friends, of people who aren't related, where they're able to, you know, pull at each other's strings and, and create that kind of interesting um, tension, but not not in a bad way, but just like a really sort of productive push and pull. Yes. I mean, you mentioned briefly the sort of long distance between the two of you, obviously, Vincent, you're in Toronto, Jan, you're in um, Oregon. Um, how was that process like? I'm not f- too familiar with in terms of musical production. I don't know if records typically are recorded in separate locations and produced in others, or if they're done all together in one studio, or if it's a mishmash of both. But yes, what was it like recording and obviously the producing with such a distance between you both? Well, from my end, it was a lot of uh, sending files back and forth. That's the that's the boring answer. Uh, I think the the maybe more creative side of it is that you have time to listen to what you have on your end and then ingest it in a way that's not in real time. Uh, when you have somebody in a studio where you're all playing all the all the instruments together or maybe you through a multiple studios and you go to this one because oh i want to go to this live room and do the drum takes on this it was more about finding what we already had and then seeing my main suggestions or inputs was i think you can beat this like i think you can beat this recording and it wasn't with every song but there were certain songs where it's like i know that you can do this a little differently or, or in a certain way and then Vincent would go back and record it and then I would listen to it and so there was a little bit of uh, uh, a back and forth and like sending mm-hmm. packages to each other and then I would you know compile the elements on my end to, to see that they fit so there was a building and a little bit of editing and yeah 
not the same as being in the same room for sure. No, <laughs> definitely accelerates things rather than if we were sending things in the mail, tapes mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, I think the the main um, thing that that really helped me in having that long distance process, I guess, rather than seeing it as a hindrance, is having that feedback, uh, digital feedback, if if you will, uh, to work on the vocal takes more and more and really focus on, okay, what am I trying to say here with the lyrics? What am I trying to put across in terms of a message? And then articulating that with the vocals, with the the timbre of the voice and mm-hmm. the, the way you just deliver it, right? Making it characterful. So, yeah. And then my job was to sort of use a skeuomorphism where, you know, the the production sounds like what he's singing about. That was really important, really important to me because I could hear, I would generally understand what he was going for. And so I could go, oh, okay, I know this. And because we're brothers, I pretty much know what Vincent grew up listening to. So I kind of know what songs to reference as well, where I can go, oh, okay, this this kind of reminds me of a rockabilly vibe. I kind of know what you're referencing here with this reggae style track like this yeah. there's all sorts of things going on there and i yeah. don't have to stop and go oh do you know about this i know mm. that you know about that because you probably got it out of my cd collection <laughs> yeah yeah well most of my uh, early favorites for sure and then it all goes back to when Jan was homeschooled for a year i wasn't even in, in school yet but uh we were doing math homework worksheets while we were listening to beatles tapes tape cassettes um so that has like I've basically always been dipping into his CD or record collection. I was going to say there's quite a few different sounds on the albums because you kindly sent me through the song listings mm-hmm. and I had a thoroughly good listen and an enjoyment. I have to say some of my favorites were I'm so much older now because mm-hmm. I work mostly with 21 year olds and I'm 27 and I'm just a listening to them talk about things i'm just like you've got no idea <laughs> so it's like there's only six years difference um bats i wasn't sure what to expect lyrically when i listened to it but i really enjoyed bats as well That's and my favorite. <laughs> uh, i was going to ask a little later on what your sort of personal favorite tracks on the album were i also really enjoyed we're all human aren't we but yes, I sort of noticed sort of different little nods to all the different genres. I got hmm. sort of, so I think it was on the opening of moments even. It's just something that sounded a little bit funky. And then in some of the songs, I got sort of a bit like Pink Floyd vibes. And it sounds, obviously it sounds different from A Roar in the Garbage Can. Hmm. What sort of inspired you to try all these different sorts of audible samples obviously aside Mm. from it just sounding different as a Mm -hmm. as a progression well i mean basically the the premise behind the place called home is is uh different forms of anxiety or worry that we we have especially being a, a younger person in this day and age and then the ways that we kind of seek refuge and despite all of those those worries or anxieties and i felt like certain genres had a propensity to um, represent certain worries or certain feelings. So for instance, moments started out is uh, it was kind of inspired by 
fifties uh, rock and roll and those kind of rock and roll ballads. Um, and so I decided to kind of express that lyrically through talking about masculinity and like the way we think about, you know, those kind of feelings of what you're supposed to do as a man, you know, this, this yeah. concept and how that's changed over time. You know, there's like in previous generations, like you have to, you know, not show emotions or whatever, yeah. kind of like heavy things like that, but how that's changing and how are you leave things behind. So I don't know. I felt like that kind of connected with certain themes of that era of that time in music. But then I think with, I'm so much older now, I definitely, you know, I mentioned Beatles before, but I, I was kind of feeling something in the way of songwriting, something coming from, from Paul McCartney um, mm. and his, his very sentimental approach to talking about his, his life and his past. And I mean, I, I used to live in the UK, so I kind mm. of, included nods to like places that I lived in, in Cardiff and Wales. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, and just like the way my life progressed and, and looking also like hypothetically at the future, if I was 89 years old and I hadn't embraced certain moments in my life or, you know, let thing taken things for granted, if you will, uh, how would I feel about that? So that kind of tied into a sentimental, folk rock approach yeah so every every song if you think about the genre that it's generally fitting into kind mm -hmm. of connects to a certain feeling in my mind i think it's um it's funny for both of us where there we grew up listening to mostly our parents cd collection and so that was them buying back things that they had listened to on their vinyl collection and when you have that very often it's a compilation record and so you're listening to an artist's entire career, basically, in one sitting. So from one song to the next, like we would listen to the Beatles compilation, you're listening to years and years apart of the development and the growth of the band. Mm -hmm. And so their genres, things that Bob Dylan had to hold a press conference in the 60s to explain why he picked up an electric guitar. It's not... It's not <laughs> wild of a leap for us in this, you know, the post internet age. And and then, you know, listening to bands like The Clash or, you know, later on when you, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, they were throwing all sorts of different sounds and genres and world music. And and so uh, I don't think it's ever really been too much of a leap for us to try out different sounds in mm -hmm. that way. I, I, I think in the future, people won't even bat an eye that there are these segmented ideas mm. of borders and what you do with the sound and music. I think it's that concept of, you know, I've, you guys probably see it too. It, with certain older folks, they'll hear a contemporary song come on and go, oh, well, this isn't proper music. And it's like, <laughs> but music, what? So music's just meant to stay the same the whole time mm. throughout history then. You want the music now to sound exactly like what, like, the music has a natural progression and new sounds and concepts emerge all the time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, I think we discussed this in our last interview, Vincent, where we said, you know, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the inf historical influences on the music of the past, on the music of today, as long as it's not outright copying it, it's absolutely fine to, you know, take it and add your own twist to it and play about with it and still sort of honor it and, but also take things into a new direction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think 
you, you mentioned the certain hesitancy that um, maybe older generations have towards contemporary music. And I think mm. that is, that's cyclical. That's always yeah. going to be a thing uh, as long as people are hesitant about anything from new generations. So, but yeah, I definitely agree with Jan though, that genre is a helpful tool to help describe your music, but it's those boundaries don't have to be there. No. I mean, we also sort of touched upon the themes of uh, the place called home earlier. You mentioned obviously anxiety and sort of the overall identity of a young person developing and taking shape in the contemporary world as, as complex as it is, you know, with the way we experience the world and the way we communicate is in the last 20 years has changed drastically thanks to, as we say, technology and how we see ourselves and other people. I just sort of wondered if you wanted to elaborate on any of those themes just a little bit more, because, I mean, you have a song called Overeducated, Understimulated. As someone that's very recently finished being a student, I find that quite a poignant (laughs) concept personally. So, uh, yes, are there any points that you want to elaborate upon uh you too young as well if you sort of asked you were going through the process of thinking right this is what this song is about how am i going to work out sort of how to bring that out or reflect that concept in in the actual song itself uh do you want to go first as far as the theme vincent and then i can talk about production sorry i threw a lot at you there thematically (laughs) yeah it's a good question Uh, thematically um, overeducated, understimulated. I was trying to bring that out with the lyrics and with the singing, with having a kind of somewhat uh, disenchanted tone in my voice, um, thinking about, you know, people of, of our generation who've put so much into their education, into their building of skills, like trying to set yourself up in life and how the, the return is can can be quite uh, limited, you know, and you feel a little bit let down. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not through lack of trying, not through lack of care. So um, yeah. I, I, and then lyrically, I guess I was, I think it was really just trying to get to the different um, ways that we've been brought up to be very enthusiastic and go getting about the world and mm-hmm. you know i was i mentioned gold stars how you know you get these little tokens of of uh, accomplishment when you're young and then when you're older it it kind of changes completely and there's a sense that whatever you do is never going to be enough it's never quite satisfactory to to survive but then uh, you mentioned technology and the way that changes our lives I mean, I think Bats is, is a, another good example of that within this record because um, Bats is talking about, and comparatively speaking, like how we preserve ourselves, our legacy, and the image of our lives now compared to how it was done in the past. Mm-hmm. So today we have social media, we have Instagram posts and and Snapchat, and we're trying to, we kind of, in a way, curate our lives. Yeah. And versus in the past, you know, if you're someone who accomplished something, then they would build a a statue out of you, perhaps, or they would put your your work or your accomplishments in a museum. It's just interesting to compare how that's how that's changed throughout time. So for me, with overeducated, 
understimulated. Uh, the whole process was trying to. Uh, one of my references was uh, Hawkwind's song "Silver Machine," where it's a very, it's almost a drone. It's using a synthesizer, but in a, like a whirly kind of way, where it's mm-hmm. this uh, this like whoosh that goes by you. And uh, so I wanted it to be almost too much during most of it. And then you get these like bits of overwhelming feeling on on a sonic level, and then it sparkles a little bit in tone with the guitar during the the golden star line and then finally all the instrumentation cuts out when you finally need that break and then it comes back in again and so that is that was the goal in arrangement was uh oversaturation so you feel overwhelmed and then a relief from it and then it comes back again to bring on the anxiety train that is the the record (laughs) (laughs) all aboard (laughs) all aboard well it's it's something that i've I've really come to appreciate in listening to this record again and again the way that that jan has taken things down to the minimum at certain points in each song and really given you a moment to meditate on whatever is being said or played uh breathing room you know it's Mm -hmm. um it really makes a song much better. When I studied production, dynamics was something that was so heavily uh, championed in the concept of serving the song uh, was like, you know, the altar that everybody worships at. And so when you have that, then ego can be put aside where Mm -hmm. you don't go, do I need this guitar solo? Well, what is the guitar solo trying to do? If it's not trying to do something and if it's just so that the guy can have the cool guitar solo in the song, mm. maybe, maybe you don't need it. And and then when you think of things in that decision of what suits the song the best for what it's trying to do and say, yeah. then your decisions are made for you most mm. of the time. Like you a style of substance it. kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Having listened, <laughs> the anxiety train, it is going to be the title of my autobiography moving <laughs> forward. Um, <laughs> um, but having having listened to it all quite a few times, I sort of wanted to ask sort of what would you want listeners to get out of it? Because you you say it's, it's an anxiety train and it does stir up sort of, for me anyway, it does stir up these different sort of thoughts and and sort of almost existential concepts uh, for me. But also I didn't feel like it, it wasn't like it distressed me or made me feel anxious listening to it. Mm-hmm. It actually made me feel quite calm sort of listening to it. Or I'd, you know, have a little sway or a little uh, toe tap depending on uh, which song it was. But uh, what would you expect or want the listeners to get out of the album, both of you? Well, I think the last song kind of allows you to get off that train. Um, mm. Worry, you're no friend to me, is basically a hypothetical conversation with with one's own, you know, things that bother you, and yeah. telling it, telling them to to go away, basically. Uh, so, in a way, I think after listening to all those songs, it's what you'd get out of it, hopefully. I mean, it's varies from person to person, but yeah. I think hopefully people will acknowledge certain things that might bother them and, and then just acknowledge it, have, have the, the willingness to accept that it's there, but then also try to move beyond it somehow. And yeah, just to look forward 
look ahead, look to the future and, and, um, be oneself. <laughs> it's mostly, uh, the record is mostly a, um, just examining one's minds, mm-hmm. encouraging deep thought and ultimately uh, moving your life according to, to your values and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. A very good bit of catharsis, I imagine, for, you know, yeah, these things. Exactly. We, we, yeah. Are, we are quite aware of, you know, things that make us anxious or sort of the it's importance of meaning a social media presence or lack of importance thereof. And, and as you say, I think, yeah, because that's, as I say, that's what listening to it did. It sort of brought those things that I was sort of aware of that exist yeah. in this time. It sort of brought them to the hmm. forefront and got me to think through them. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, that's what, yeah. I think, I think more than taking any action, I think that's, that's sort of the wrong way to look at it in terms of things that, that bug us, things that make us anxious. It's not about necessarily having to do anything. It's just acknowledging that it's there, acknowledging yeah. her emotions, our, our, our concerns. And, and Yeah, I'd say overall, Vincent's record sounds hopeful. And, you know, even in that song, Worry, there's a, there's a take that I had of one of his vocals where it's like a very tremulous, I put a lot of like tremolo crazy effects behind it, but it's, it's in the back mm-hmm. panoramically as you listen to it. And I made sure that as Vincent was singing, the, every time he sang Worry, that little voice would get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so at the end, the worry is gone. And I thought that that was a good illustration mm-hmm. to the conquering of self-doubt and mm-hmm. feelings of anxiety and insecurity that you can feel. Um, yeah. So Absolutely. I think it's a, overall a positive record. Even though you do oh, yeah. take a journey through the anxiety train here and there, you get off. <laughs> And go for a walk and it's all good <laughs> that's the title of the next album um, <laughs> no i think that sums up as you say quite brilliantly it's the final stop on this sort of journey you go on again i think because obviously knowing that we were having this interview i listened to it quite intently but the first time i listened to it i sort of let the music happen and then in repeat listens i engaged with it more and really sort of tried to soak in more the uh, meaning of the lyrics and sort of how it made me feel and what it made me think about but i think you think it what you said is right the last song especially is like the final stop after this mm-hmm. say, sort of emotional catharsis journey of yeah. listening through the album i mean with that being said jan you kind of mentioned yours earlier as being bats but i'm interested to know which both of your favorite songs from the albums are and a little bit about why they are hmm. if you can choose i'd imagine it's like well which of my children do i love most you can't really <laughs> really pick one that's not really fair i think personally my favorite is maybe i'll win this time I do like the the way it's probably the most laid back of the whole album and the most most sentimental, most earnest. I like that that feeling in, in music when when you're not afraid to like say how you feel. Mm. And that feel it feels the most uh, heartfelt of all of them. So I would say that's my favorite. Especially the way it dips down and becomes quite emotive partway through the song. Yes. For me, I'd say, yeah, Bats is probably my favorite. Uh, I just, I knew right away, even with the skeletal demo, what it should be. Yeah. So then it was just a matter of like, all right, I got this. And the the Bats, I kind of like, in my mind, it was sort of a nod to the birthday party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Release the Bats. Yeah. A Nick Nick Cave fan. (laughs) So it was like, all right, we got to get something that's just kind of driving and thumping and has those stabs. And, um, 
and then mapping the embers is fun just because it, mm. it was a it was one of the few songs that was kind of off the grid as far as you know it wasn't quantized and so i played a lot of like weird news samples and then i ran them through an echo pedal and so that like a lot of the distorting and delays from weird news bulletins and things <laughs> that i sort of scraped from an inter internet channel that yeah i just thought it would suit the song for that kind of toast toast element mm -hmm. wonderful well, it's a great album. I personally very much enjoyed listening to it. As I say, it was a real interesting and sort of enlightening sort of uh, journey to listen through to. And obviously, this interview is for everyone listening to get to know about it. Where can they find it now is the most important question to ask. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I've even put some um, live recordings of the songs um, oh, wow. places around Toronto. Um, just acoustic versions. Certain landmarks in Toronto are the backdrop for them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I'm on Bandcamp as well. So anywhere you listen to music, the place called home, you can find it. Everyone, make sure you go and listen to it. Do you guys want to plug your social medias as well so that people can obviously follow you, get the good word out there, get let them know the the talent and the brains behind mm -hmm. such a such a wonderful project? Yeah, yeah, you can follow me uh, on Instagram. I use that most of all at Vincent Titsov, and then Jan is at Jan Jan. So Jan's J A H N, and then Y. A W N. Yeah. Pleasure Curses is uh, Jan's band um, in uh -huh. Portland, Oregon with Evan Grice. Uh, they have a really awesome electronic duo. So if you like the style of production in this album, then definitely check out their their records. More wonderful stuff to listen to. Oh, well, I'll attach some links in the episode description. So once everyone's done listening to this, check those out. Go see, go explore, go listen, have yourself a good time. Um, and yes, thank you both so much for joining me. We've had to deal with a, a slight so time difference. Jan's yeah. uh, bright and early in the morning. Vincent's on his lunch break. I've just got home from work. <laughs> it's all been a, a bit uh, literally the entirety yeah. of the day. But no, thank you so much for joining me, gents. As always, you. you've uh, been, a, been an absolute delight. And uh, yes, I can't wait to see what exciting things that the album brings for you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Reese. No problem. Thanks, thank you. And to round out the interview, we have got you an exclusive listen to Bats from The Place Called Home. Uh, again, don't forget to check out all of their social medias, check out their amazing artistry and content. And uh, yeah, this is Bats. Happy listening, everyone. Guess this is why I am 